This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My name's Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd, and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Is it trick or treat? Yeah, exactly. I put the birds give out on Halloween tweets instead of sweets. Yeah. Oh right, that's not even as mine was better. <laughs> what did you say? Trick or treat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yours is better. Yeah, yours is better. Yeah. <laughs> and even that is still not good. No. <laughs> good enough though. Good enough. It's good enough to beat one of my joke of the weeks anyway. Right. Um, I've already hit, I've already hit recording in case you missed it. So I am noticed. Yeah. All right. Spot on. Um, I'll dive. I'll dive straight in, mate. If you want to. Uh, All right. Crack, have crack a, on have with a, it. Crack on. Crack on. Oh, Reet Barrett's housing gone. Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, you know what it is. You know what episode it is. I've been telling you, I've been excited about building up to this episode for a while now. This is officially episode 50, and that means it's our one-year anniversary. We've made it, and there's nobody in the world. (laughs) But I would rather celebrate this massive milestone with, obviously, other than all of you amazing (laughs) listeners, and that is... Come on, you know the introduction. It's Wills. Say hello, Wills. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Ali G's Aye. in the house, apparently. <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. A whole year of the Blue Army podcast, man. Like, does, yeah, it feel, man. Does, it, does it feel like that long for you since you've been joining in? don't know yet. I mean, it's hard to, hard to keep track of time in... Um, still March 2020, isn't it? It's, <laughs> I mean, it seems like such a long time ago, back when you were living in Manchester and you haven't actually been to a match in, you know, quite a while at that point, had you not? 
Now it was all COVID closed down for yeah. a while. So also, I mean, like you being in Manchester and all. I mean, that did put a few uh, spanners mm. in the works for me going to games, as well as the whole COVID thing and things that happened yeah. last season didn't really help. But yeah, I went on a long hiatus from Brunton Park for a while there. It was it was getting more difficult and more difficult to find an excuse really to be able to jump on a train because obviously, yeah. you know, the pandemic happened and then you had to have an excuse to go places and going to the football wasn't a good enough excuse to get on a train mm. and go across the country. Um, but, mate, so many things have changed since then. We've got the Blue Army podcast studio now, which we're going to start utilising a little bit more in the future, probably more over the summer when we've got a... Uh, uh, more time on our hands and 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 nicer weather outside so we can venture over to the Blue Army podcast studio and do some more episodes here in person. I'm looking forward to a bit more of that, mate. Yeah, yeah. We, we also, did the one. Yeah, we only got the one. We only got the one. And and this that's one of the things that doesn't really happen when we're in person. We don't really stammer over each other as much. I'm going to leave that in there for emphasis um, during the editing process. I'll tell you what else happened as well when we did that live podcast there wasn't much to edit there just wasn't much to edit the conversation flows a lot easier there's not um as many as like sort of time delays and little glitches here and there so like the editing process for me was just almost like listening to the episode and then just adding the theme tune in certain areas and also adding the effects on the blue army podcast joke of the week and that's probably a good place for us to start wills let's get started with some good times yeah. and some good vibes with the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. <clears throat> Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. Change things up, mate. We're a year old now. We've got to move with the times. We've got to move with the times. These kids love a bit of barbershop, I heard. Um, so this week's joke of the week, mate. Oh, it's a oof. All right, won't do any build-up. I won't do any build-up. I'll just do the joke of the week. Here we go. What do you call two monkeys sharing an Amazon account? I don't know. What do you call two monkeys sharing an Amazon account? Prime mates. <laughs> hey! That's a decent joke. That's a decent joke. Amazon Prime. Prime mates. Big. Fantastic. Mate, I am loving that one. And I am saving that into my uh, Windows section because I'm not losing the other jokes that were in that joke of the week section. Mate, we have got a couple of funny weeks ahead of us. But. What we've got ahead of us for the rest of the show today. Let me tell you, Wills, I'm going to do the rundown. We'll start by taking a light-hearted look at this weekend's FA Cup third round action. And then we'll quickly put the attention back on Carlisle United with some of the news that we unfortunately missed last week's show. And that'll be followed by some more recent news before we dive into what everybody loves from us which is our match crack we're going to be talking about Carlisle United's 2-0 v 
victory over Bradford. We were both at that game. We were both in the Warwick. It was a great match. I really enjoyed it. And then we're going to finish off the show by basically um, telling all you lovely people what we're going to have plans or what some of our goals and targets are and ways that you might be able to help us achieve some of those goals and targets for this next year going forwards. Because like I said, we're a year old. We've had our ups and downs and we have reached that milestone. And I'm buzzing. But first, mate, like I've said, let's kick things off by talking about the FA Cup third round action that happened this weekend. Now, obviously, Carlisle weren't involved in the FA Cup third round, but that doesn't mean there wasn't plenty of things to discuss from the weekend and plenty of teams from our division doing quite well. I mean, some of the big, big upsets, and this is why I love the FA Cup third round. It's probably one of my favourite weekends Mm of the whole season in football. A shame Carlisle United weren't involved, but still the FA Cup third round always brings something magical to the weekend of football. And we had Kidderminster Harriers beating Reading by two goals to one. We all know Kidderminster have had their ups and downs over the last 10 years, and that will go a long way towards, uh, uh, well, just giving the fans something to actually cheer for the first time in a little Mm. while. They've gone through some turmoil recently, but who can forget what happened this weekend when Cambridge United killed my accumulator, cost me around 450 quid and beat Newcastle by one goal to nil. The so-called richest club in the world can't seem to buy themselves a victory even over Cambridge United. Mate, what? What? I mean, is 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 that the biggest upset of the FA Cup third round? Because I've got a few more written down on this piece of paper. Or is it just one of those games where you thought yeah, actually, Newcastle might lose this, just the way that they've been going. Um, I mean, I think when you consider how much money Newcastle have, I know it's kind of still early days and they haven't spent it all yet, but to then go and be knocked out at St James's Park by a team who, so League One, I think this, you know, League One strugglers, um, they're, you know, I don't think they've, you know, they're doing that well in League One. Um yeah, I think um, there's a couple other matches that kind of stand out as um, upsets. But, yeah, I, I feel like that's the most eye-catching one for sure. I mean, what, what <laughs> who's going to want to go to Newcastle now? I mean, already it was a hard sell. And then when you add that on top of it, you'll just go West Ham, won't you? Won't you? <laughs> <laughs> Or Aston Villa, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few Newcastle targets have ended up going to a couple of different places. Mate, I'm still surprised Coutinho signed for Aston Villa. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's kind of uh, sort of Steven Gerrard thing, maybe, with him going to Villa. I imagine, like, the relationship that Steven Gerrard would have had that's pre-existing with Philippe Coutinho might have had some what of an 
impact on the deal going yeah. across the line, but it's early in January. You would have thought in the next couple of weeks, the amount of money that you pay your agent for, they might have been able to find you a better move, no? Maybe. I mean, um, I mean, our Brazil, so, our Brazil's national selection looking towards Aston Villa. I mean, here's, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't know what Coutinho has been up to since leaving Liverpool much. So I don't know, you know, if he's been particularly successful once he's uh, gone over in Spain, I think, um, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe his stock has kind of fallen a bit to the point where. He looks upon a move to Aston Villa as, and maybe he looks, you know, a good way to kickstart his career. If it, it, you know, if his career has faltered a bit in Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, no, no disrespect intended towards Aston Villa, but I would have just thought yeah. maybe a, an Arsenal could do with an option like him. Or I mean, if it was, if it's obviously not about money because it is a loan move. So he's obviously yeah. earning the same amount of money probably that he would have been earning, adding on a couple of appearance bonuses, maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, it's to me, it's, it's about putting himself in the shop window. Maybe it is. Maybe it is about putting himself in the shop window. Like I mm. said, though, I feel like with the amount of money that's in the world, of football and the, you know, you'd be looking to bring someone on loan and maybe sign them next year. Then Aston Villa have done, Aston Villa have got the better of this deal is what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say Aston Villa have got themselves the better of this deal. Now I have just briefly mentioned Arsenal for a second there. They were also a part of a huge FA Cup upset as Nottingham Forest knocked them out of the FA Cup mm-hmm. in the third round by one goal to nil and uh, two teams that I've got written down on the bottom end of these upsets are two teams that probably the prize money is going to affect the most you've got Boreham Wood beat League One AFC Wimbledon Boreham yeah. Wood are in the National League I believe and they beat Wimbledon by two goals to nil Boreham Wood are a team that have never really pushed past that National League level this is the first time in their history that they've won in the FA Cup third round. So history being made, hats off to Boreham Wood. Big achievement for them. I'm sure that money is going to make a huge impact on that club's future. And the last one I want to mention is, uh, unfortunately, one of Carlisle United's rivals is Hartlepool managed to beat Blackpool. That's Championship Blackpool lost to League 2 Hartlepool, the Monkey Hangers. Yeah. Two goals to one. Um, it's an achievement for Hartlepool. Again, it's it, it's a side that is going to benefit from that extra influx of money. Sometimes in these lower leagues, when a board has enough money in the back pocket, when you do get these FA Cup bonuses, all of that FA Cup bonus gets to go back into the club and back into the team because you know they're running the club just to sort of keep the wheels turning and and you know not get into debt basically so when these large lump sums of money come along they're not needed to pay off debts so they can just fire them straight back out into yeah. the team you know it's money that they weren't expecting yeah. it's free money and they can get treated like that and um i mean it's it's always a you've good missed go on i was going to say you've missed in turn between the two teams you've missed the biggest one off you what, sorry, what was that? 
in, ter- in terms of the gap between the two teams, you've missed the biggest upset off. Have I? Yeah. What have I missed? Kidderminster beat Reading. That was the first one I said. Oh, I didn't hear it. You must have kind of glitched out. I honestly didn't hear that. Ah, it, was, it was the first one. It was the first one I said, or at least I thought it was the top of my list anyway. Oh, right. First... Oh, man. The um, connection hasn't been that great today. So maybe I, maybe I missed out an entire result there that you read out. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sure I can edit around this. I'm sure I can edit around this yeah. nonsense. No problem. <laughs> Um, but yeah, mate, I mean, uh, <laughs> honourable mention quickly to Barrow. They took extra time for Barnsley to beat Barrow. Um, so unfortunately, Barrow are out of the FA Cup as well. And um, we'll, 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 uh, we'll carry on and we'll talk about the news. Uh, some of the news that we missed from last week's show is obviously old news now, but it bears mentioning uh, for a Carlisle United-based podcast. Firstly, Mark Howard signed a contract extension, which is going to keep him at Button Park until the end of the season. I think that's a great move. It's a sensible move. I can't think of anybody else right now who I'd rather have in goals other than an experienced goalkeeper who has repeatedly beaten the drop in his career, knows the pressures that come with bottom-of-the-table football and is... Obviously, um, quite a popular figure uh, around Bunton Park at the moment. Somebody the fans have taken to quite well. Being in the Warwick for the game against Bradford, mate, you could see uh, the you know the, the respect between Howard and, and the sort of like the Warwick support, the way that he's aware of you know uh, of the Warwick. And not every goalkeeper it has been. It's not always the style to interact with the Warwick. But Mark Howard seems to have definitely in a short amount of time. Um, takes pride in the fact that he has the support of the Warwick, I think, um, and and enjoys yeah. that enjoys that extra bit of interaction uh, that maybe keeps him going. <laughs> um, then, obviously, other news that we missed is the fact that Carlos signed Omari Patrick on an eighteen-month deal. Uh, I can imagine everybody knows about that by now. Omari Patrick scored in the in the game against Bradford. He came off the bench, mate. We didn't get the chance to just sort of like talk about Omari Patrick, the way that he yeah. left Brunton Park at the end of last season. And um, it's great to see him back, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose at the time he left, he was kind of one of a, you know, one of a few players. So I don't know if we like talked about many of them in isolation or if we just covered the fact that a whole bunch of players that would like to have stayed had left. But, you know, he did step up a division, um, so you can kind of see why he left. And uh, he kind of not had the playing time that he would like there, but he's not been, you know, I think he's made 12 appearances for them. So he's appeared in, what, like about half the games have played, which isn't what he'd want. But, you know, it's it's, it's not like he's been frozen out or anything there. Um, and it sounds like he just... He just decided he would rather be somewhere where he was playing regular football, and um, I, I don't know how I don't know how we've managed to come in for him, and just kind of, I don't know if we've kind of heard that he was available and just giving him a call and just been like, "You want to come back?" If we've kind of improved our offer, because um, I, I don't think I think in the summer we weren't really a lot of players left because we didn't offer 
what they wanted. So I don't know if we've kind of come back in with an improved offer because we've got a little bit more money now from some player sales. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a lot given away in, in many of the quotes. Says, mm. um, about Omari Patrick, Keith Millen said, once his name cropped up, uh, everybody here, and obviously I don't know the lad, but everybody said the same thing, that they wanted to try and get him back. Um, so, yeah, obviously... The signs must have been in the right place. The money must have been the right amount of money. There's always the possibility that Burton were going to let Patrick go, regardless of the fact that if he had a club lined up or not. And, you know, Patrick agent maybe called up Carlisle and said, is that amount of money that you offered still on the table? And they would have just taken the same amount of money that they were offered, maybe even less. Yeah. than what they were offered, because sometimes you're not in as strong a position as what you were in the summer. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure whether they were or not. Uh, when I heard about it, it made it sound like, and I'm like, I think I like read a little bit about what the Burton fans said, and that he's kind of still fairly well thought of there. Um, I'm not sure that it was, I'm not sure that it was necessarily so far out of the out of the picture with them that they were going to let him go, but he asked to be um, let to go somewhere. Yeah. He's 20... well, that's just the impression that I've got. I'm not going to anything concrete. Nah. Uh, he's, he's 25 years of age now. Um, obviously, he's with us for the next 18 months. You'd yeah. say that's the prime of a winger's career. Um, and... You'd think, I mean, I think he's been brought in to either play as a striker or off the striker or one of one of the uh, winger options, mate. Yeah, that's a question, isn't it? Like, is he going to come back and play the exact same role that he played under Beach, or does Keith Millen have have a night of playing him in a a bit more of an attack? We'll come to that. I like having him there as an option. I thought, mm. I think I said before the game, I thought he was going to start the game. Um, yeah. You could kind of see that he was going to score. For some reason, football does that. It, the romance of football. It's just yeah. like, some things that would make a good story just come true sometimes. And um, I mean, it's great to have him back. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk a bit more about Omari Patrick a little bit later on when it comes to talking about the goal that he scored in the game, but in other Carlisle United news, Carlisle have taken on trial Brandon Conley. He's a player that was on loan at Carlisle United back in 2016 mm. when he was officially signed up with QPR. Um, he has since gone on to play on loan at Grimsby, Colchester, and uh, earned a contract with Bolton Wanderers last season he's a midfielder did he yeah. make an impression on you on his first time round um a, a little bit so i mean he came in um into i think it was keith curl's relegation fighting year wasn't it yeah i remember keith curl describing him as tenacious would tackle your granny and you know he kind of like small stocky midfielder but put himself about almost a little bit like Tom Tywell used to be and then um, since then it seems like it seems like his career hasn't really kicked on since then 
although he did get promoted with Bolton, I don't think he was ever a regular with them. Um, sort of like a sort of a come off the bench type of player, and is is ended up leaving Bolton. Has he left Bolton, or is he just available for for to try to to go on trial with us? Or is he actually a, a proper free agent now? He's a free agent. Right. So yeah. um yeah, he's so, terminated I mean, his contract in November, apparently. Yeah, so I mean like he's not really you know, he's not really properly started his career yet. He's I think but I think he's like 26 or something now. 25, 26. So um, but you know, I, I put a lot of trust in Keith Millen. Um you, you know, he seems to have done the right things with players since coming in. And, you know, I kind of like, you know, Keith Bill wants to look at him, thinks that it's the sort of player that he can do something with. Um, you know, he still is presumably that sort of tenacious, sort of tough tackling Francois Coquelin type midfielder. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a Bastian Henry type, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we'll... we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll see uh, how it goes with, with Brandon Comley. It might just be one of those cases where somebody's coming in to get fit, but it's came out more recently in the News and Star that it isn't that. Millen said that he doesn't want to waste this guy's time. He's gonna he's organised a reserve behind closed doors game, and it's mm. not just for Brandon to get a chance to show what he can do. It's also for the fact that Zach Clough needs... Uh, an injury game to sort of come back, and so does Louis Alessandra. They both need uh, a bit of fitness, so it's there to benefit a lot of players. But Brandon Comley, it's an option in midfield, and I feel like we do need an option in midfield. I feel like it's a smart move taking him on trial, and you do have the luxury of maybe waiting and seeing if there's anybody else that's going to become available and properly assessing whether or not Brandon is going to be able to push Guy or Divine or Riley or any, anyone really just to see if he's better than what you've yeah. got. Because obviously if he's not better than what you've got, there's probably no point in spending the money and bringing him in. But at the same time, at this point of the season, you can probably offer somebody an end of the season kind of deal and, 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 they'll, and they'll take it just to stay in the league football level. I don't know, maybe that's yeah. unfair. Yeah, but I mean, as you point out, you know, there are, you know, players ahead of him who would think it would be quite difficult to challenge them. Um, talk about Callum Guy and Joe Riley. Um, as I suppose, uh, we talk about Joe Riley, whether that, you know, whether he could kind of like be seen more as a centre midfielder. But then you got Danny Devine's kind of impressed on occasion when he has come in. So, it's it's not like we're desperate for someone else who can play in that position, but I mean it's all about as well um, whether he fits the style of football that Keith Miller wants to play better than someone like Danny Devine, which you know that might be the case and that might be what Keith Miller wants to look at. Yeah, I feel like it is just one of those. Um, it's it's a smartly done move anyway. They're doing quite well. We'll move we'll move on from that. Um, Obviously, hoping the best for Brandon Comley and, and we'll see what comes from that yeah. reserve team game. We'll do a little bit of snooping on that one and update you guys next week. Uh, former Carlisle United striker and a little bit of a cult flash-in-the-pan hero, Offren Zanzalo is on the move once again. Now, there was no love lost against Zafran 
Zan, uh, Offerand Zanzala when he visited Bunton Park yeah. uh, recently. He got it in the neck just as much as Paul Farman did, but both deservedly so, and it's all football, and it's all a yeah. bit of fun. But, mate, when a player, and you've got to think about this as well, when you look back, Carlisle signed him at the end of the January transfer window. He played half a season with, at that point, crew mm. Alexander. He played half a season with Carlisle. Then he's gone and turned down a contract, signed for Barrow. Now he's played half a season for Barrow, and he's on the move again. Is there something that we can read between the lines there? Is he maybe um, highly influential in the changing rooms? And when his mindset turns negative, it can have an impact on the entire changing room. I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously we wanted to keep him, so it wasn't like we got shot of him. Um, Mark Cooper, Forrest Green, I think he's got a reputation for being a bit prickly in the dressing room and wants things done his way. So, you know, if if any manager that's managed those clubs that we've said he's played for is going to have a problem with uh, big personalities in the changing room, it probably would be Mark Cooper. But, I mean, at the same time, his, his performances for Barrow haven't been good, according to the Barrow fans that I know of. Um, he sort of started the season well. And I think when we saw him, when um, Barrow played us, he missed a sitter. Um, the, it was a nuisance up front and we were kind of like a bit so like you know we miss having that because at the time we were well you know we like been been really weak up front all season yeah but uh, despite being a nuisance he didn't actually really threaten to score he got a chance and misses it and um sort of like just reading what some of the battle fans have written about him is that um is that he just hasn't really is, is hit a really bad um, and if you remember kind of when he was you know when he first came through to us um, it was about a month before he started scoring and there was a a few games at the start of that where people were saying you know I don't think he's very good so I think he's, he's, he's maybe a, a player who he goes in is streaky he goes in like bursts of really good form and you know perhaps you know they'll maybe last four months or something and then you'll kind of go through a run of poor form mm, I mean how poor is poor form after me to get be... shipped on well um, I mean as I say like he didn't really get shipped on from us he chose to leave um, crew in, in, in the higher division um, it was at Accrington Stanley before that. I think it was Accrington Stanley for the whole season. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not sure if he's kind of been shipped. Well, he, he wasn't shipped on from us. Um, he was shipped on from crew, um, but that was after promotion. And, um, you know, whether with Barrow, there's a little bit of that Mark Cooper doesn't like him or doesn't get on with him as well. I don't know if that's kind of a factor. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I from the interviews and things that I saw, he seemed to be quite a positive personality and it yeah. seems to be a bit weird when the player gets moved around so often uh, in such a short amount of time. Um, I hope he hits the ground running again at Exeter. I hope he can get some consistency to it. And um, I hope yeah. I, I hope I hope he I hope he has that one bad game 
when we we play against Exeter. Um, yeah. And yeah, well, I, 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 I'm going to keep an eye on him. Um, he was he was a, he was an absolute star for me on Football Manager last year. So I'm <laughs> going to keep I'm going to keep an eye on him and see how he how he how he's going to progress. Um, We'll jump into the match crack, mate. We've had a, we've let a few things out the bag. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. we've spoken about uh, Omari Patrick's goal, uh, but he didn't start the game. Someone else started the game up front and made their debut, uh, as we always do, mate. Here on the Blue Army Podcast, we'll start the match crack by giving everybody the Carlisle United starting lineup. We had Howard in goal with Mella, Feeney, McDonald, and Armour. Across the back, Gibson, Whelan, Guy and Dickinson is the midfield four. And Otto May and Mellish up front. Now, Tyrese Otto May was making his debut for Carlisle United. It raised a few eyebrows. You would have thought you would slot Omari Patrick straight back into the Carlisle United team because he still has existing relationships with certain players. But we don't know how good or how bad Certain people are in training, where certain people's fitnesses are. Um, the Cali United bench looked very strong. Uh, there was obviously Divine in there as a defensive option. Riley, again, on the bench. So it's nice to see that he's probably nicely recovered from injury and able to start playing a couple good chunk of minutes now. Abrahams, Fishburne, Patrick, and then Senior, another new signing we spoke about last week on the bench. So there's a lot of options for Cali United. But, mate... Were you expecting Tyrese to start? Were you expecting Patrick to start? Were you expecting Fishburne to continue starting for Carlisle United? Because I'll tell you what, other than that, nothing else in the starting lineup was a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I felt that we might have probably gone uh, with Melish and Fishburne from the previous one, or even um, Abrahams. Um I thought it was more likely that Patrick would start. I wasn't necessarily surprised that Patrick didn't start because maybe he hadn't played that much football recently. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I was more surprised that Omatai um, started. And I think we were, you know, because we both went to this match, I think we were discussing whether whether that means there's something about him or whether it's more the case of Keith Millen not having much faith in all our other attacking options because we'd kind of discussed the whole thing as we did in the previous podcast about teenagers who come from Premier League teams and them being quite hit and miss and sometimes not up to men's football. Um, I'm sure we'd come on to Omatoy's performance in a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, like you, I kind of like felt that the fact that he'd started meant something, either it means that Keith Millen has very little faith in his other attackers, or it means that this kid's kind of got something a bit different. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a stuttering start for Carlisle. Uh, Bradford were quite wasteful with their opening chances. They hit the side of the net, but that wasn't the worst of their damage. There was a shot deflected uh, from just outside of the Carlisle United box that sort of spiralled off into the air and was bumbled into the back of the Carlisle United net. But the referees blew his whistle. And thankfully, I think I think we deduced that it was an offside in the end. But at first yeah. we felt like it was because of contact on the goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I think it was yeah. an offside in the end, wasn't it? 
I think that's still not absolutely certain. I mean, I don't know if that's the sort of thing that, you know, that you ever find out. I know, like, in the Premier League, sometimes they'll actually ask the referee and the media will get a response from the referee about what it was. Um, it could have been for the offside, because when we looked at it on the replay, it did look like it was definitely offside. Um, some people that I've spoke to still think that he'd given it for a perceived foul on Mark Howard. And if it was given for a foul on Mark Howard, it would be a fairly soft foul. Um, you know, like uh, keepers do tend to get protected. So you see that quite often where there's a foul on the keeper and people feel it's soft, but it's just one of those things that happens. Um, but, you know, even so, when you look at the replay, I feel it's kind of like fairly clear that he was offside. Yeah. So for whatever reason the decision was made, it was a fair one. Yeah, you can see you can see when the shot is taken that he's offside from there. Yeah. Not, you know, and that's that's the rules of the game, isn't it? It's like when the yeah. forward whatever momentum, blah blah blah. Yeah, and you'd expect the linesman to pick up on that. So that's kind of why I think that Nine must have been given for offside, because I mean it was even kind of the player was on the same side of the pitch as the linesman. So it wasn't like you know, the linesman had an obstructed view. I think like you know, Langston should be able to see that, so I'm guessing that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, this lit a bit of uh, a fire under some of Carlisle United players' asses, and uh, on his debut, Otomei grew in confidence. He started to show some really nice touches uh, in and around the centre circle, setting Carlisle off in uh, in attack on a number of occasions, and he also showed some nice footwork. He ran with the ball a few times, and then he linked up with Gibson early on. And Gibson tried his luck from the uh, the right hand side at first, and it just went over the bar. But only five minutes after that, and um, I wouldn't say against the runner play. I think Carlisle United had. Uh, throughout that first half, after having a sketchy sort of 15 to 20 minutes, had really started to grow in confidence and, and maybe didn't create a whole lot of chances, but were looking quite comfortable on the ball and were growing into the game. Um, the goal came from a very nice 30-yard pass, Callum Guy, over to Jack Armour on mm -hmm. the touchline. It was... Uh, Quite an accurate pass. It was kept in really well. Good touch, good footwork. Gibson was in all kinds of room um, on the edge of the area, but he still had a lot to do when the pass found him at the edge of the box. Very nice footwork from him. And he took it on his right foot, I believe, and curled it really mm. nicely into the top right corner. Mate, it was a great goal right at the end of the first half, not injury time, but 43rd minute, I think. So good time to score a goal. And, um, mate, what a goal, right? I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, um, just a beautiful, a beautiful bit of skill with a turn and to kind of like just lift it right into the area where, you know, right into that kind of like far corner. Um, and you know, I think he scored maybe two or three goals from a similar sort of range. So it's you know, it's kind of like a bit of skill that he has that he has in him. Um, according to him in his interview, he scored an even better one earlier this season when he was at Sligo. <laughs> or last season, I think it was he was at Sligo. <laughs> so oh, presumably um 
no footage exists of, but it was an absolute worldy, one of the best goals you'll ever see or something like that. Um, no, I mean, and, you know, like I say, I think we had kind of been, I don't think we were ever out of it. I don't think Bradford ever really dominated, but we'd kind of like started to contain them a bit better and, you know, um, started to kind of get the edge in possession and, you know, a little bit the edge in chances. I mean, um, just every football fan probably knows that scoring when we scored is a really good time to score as well. So when we came out for the second half, I don't really feel like Bradford ever really got going any more than they were in the first half. And if anything, Carlisle yeah. looked like they were enjoying possession. And uh, that the, the, it really pleased the Carlisle United fans. The atmosphere in the stadium was really good. Even though it was only 1-0, at that point, there was a lot of uh, like there was really good atmosphere where we were felt like the whole stadium were quite happy with the way that we were playing football. And it's only one goal to nil. You don't normally see that. There was a couple of strings of passes. I feel like Mella made, um, and it was way, way, way. It was only one nil, you know. So quite, quite jubilant yeah. fans on only even at a very fragile position. But the, because the game didn't really look like it was ever going to be out of our control. Now, I mentioned Mella there, but in this game, I was really impressed by the whole Carly United backline. I mean, Mella stood out for me as, 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 as having a proper solid game and also being good going forward. I believe Armour on the other side yeah. got both the assists. Well, I mean, you know, one of the... If you've seen the Patrick O'Mari goal, it's a bit weird to call that an assist, but he got both the assists. Yeah. And... Um, the, the, the Carlisle's defence is looking really good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the last last five games, we've conceded one goal, kept four clean sheets. And I think, like, defence, because, of you know, we're the lowest scoring team in the division, so the flip side for that was we were never the worst defensive team. Um, we lost a lot of games under Chris Beach when we went on a run of really poor defending, but there have been times this season when we've been all right at the back. Uh, recently, I think Keith Millen has kind of like got them to step it up a bit, and I've been really impressed with uh, McDonald and Feeney forming a good partnership. Um, for a while, it looked like Feeney wasn't going to get into the squad. Um, McDonald and Whelan. Uh, were together for a bit. Um, I mean, come on, DeWeel, and he's moved up to midfield, and he's done well there. And yeah, Feeney's yeah, kind yeah. of stepped. Feeney stepped in to centre back, and you know he's kind of like improved game on game. So you know it feels like at the moment we've got a fairly decent defence, and I think you've got to kind of credit Keith Millen with that. And um, but you know, and also credit the players that they've kind of stuck at it and made sure that they stay organised, and also made sure that made sure that they're aware of the danger because there's been a few times when you've seen kind of particularly Feeney kind of be able to nip in and um, snuff something out before it ever becomes a problem. Yeah, I was just really impressed by the whole Carlisle United backline throughout the game. Howard was was again alert, but not necessarily uh, strained at many points of the game. No, but, I mean Bradford didn't have a shot on target in the entire game. So there you go. But so he, yeah. still, he looked alert, you know, and commanded his area yeah. pretty well. Um, 
But yeah, Mello for me was a standout. Uh, we'll talk more about who was the standouts a little bit mm-hmm. later on when we come to the man of the match. But first, we're obviously, we've got another goal to talk about. Amari Patrick was the only substitution for Carlisle United in the game. He came on in the 75th minute for Otamei, uh, who had a good solid debut, uh, like we've already mentioned. And, uh, you know, he scored in the 87th minute. So, again, at the end of the half. But, again, Carlisle never really looked overly threatened. And, to be honest, at the point where Omari Patrick scored, there was maybe one or two opportunities that we didn't quite get the breakaway on. Um, Just a couple of minutes earlier, you could see the way that Bradford were just throwing the ball, getting the ball forward, and Carlisle were headering it back into that midfield area or hoofing it back into that sort of like halfway line area. And it was only be a matter of time until somebody could get their foot on that ball ahead of the defender or be able to get past the defender and we'd be on the offensive break eventually. Uh, and it did happen. And then Omari Patrick going down the left-hand side really did something uh, special with his strength. The touch was fantastic, mate. Uh, the way he brought that ball down, really skillful, great technique. And then to obviously turn his man, get past his man. And then to, uh, his, I think his man tried to bring him down in the box, really. He put in some kind of like yeah. bu- bumpy slide tackle with his left leg when he probably should have tried to go for a sweeping slide tackle with his right leg. He would have brought him down either way, but, he yeah. would, he, you know, yeah. But then from that angle, from where we were, it looked like a really tough angle. And I was looking for any support, to be honest, for him to be able to square it to. There wasn't really mm. anything on. And from my angle, it looked like a really good finish. I wasn't expecting him to score. And um, on the TV, it is a little bit less flat rim. But from my angle, yeah. mate, in the stands, it looked like a really good finish. And uh, yeah, what a, what a great yeah. bit of composure, great pace, great strength, great footwork. Uh, great technique with his touch and a fantastic finish as well. So Mari Patrick, uh, hopefully, is on cloud nine and hopefully he can continue that form. And you might say give Keith Millen a bit of a selection headache going into the Crawley Town game. Have you got anything you want to yeah. add about the goal? I mean, if he looks like uh, you know a striker, then he's not going to give Keith Millen a selection headache because he's going to write his own name on the team sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, we talk about uh, well, probably Mellish. That's, that's um, what I, mean, I was going to say. But Mellish. Mellish had a good game as well. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. It was all right. He's um, still kind of playing, you know, playing that unique Mellish role where he's not quite one thing or the other. Yeah. So is you know is is maybe a bit more of an easy decision to drop him. Um, whether you know, um, I think Omatoy was really good. Um, I, I would quite like to see him start again, yeah. but whether, you know, because of his age and experience, whether Keith Millen doesn't want to just uh, start throwing him in and, you know, we'll see, we'll see when he names. I say you've got to go with the game. momentum of that when you've got a young lad like yeah. that. He had a good game and I think you want, you want to go with the momentum of it. So, yeah. I, I mean, I would start him again. And if he proved enough to get started first time around when he only had a short amount of time to prove himself, then having a good yeah. game, there's no reason why you'd think he would really take him out of the Carlisle team. You know, it maybe be nice to see, um, you know, what Omatoy and Patrick are like as a strike partnership together, mm. which, you know, obviously we didn't see because one came off for the other and Melish played the 90 minutes. Um, 
Mellish, it gives defenders something to think about. Um, he, I wouldn't say he was ineffective, but it's just kind of like what I've said about him in that role before. He's kind of like, he's not a proper striker. He's not a proper midfielder. He's probably not a proper defender anymore. He's, he's just a John Mellish. And there's a time and a place for that. Um, not every match is going to be the time and the place. Worked quite well against Bradford. I think you know he definitely contributed towards you know you know to the result, but it's it's not going to you know it's not going to work like that every game because um, perhaps some of the more canny teams will will find him quite easy to work out because he doesn't you know he doesn't have the striking experience to you know to outthink them if they you know if they contain him. You know, we've got we've got the options on the bench now as well. So and Louis Alessandro's coming back, and you know he's kind of, you know, he's not going to come straight into the squad, I don't think. But you know, he's going to probably nibble his way back from the bench. Um, and you know, if he, you know, if he comes on and does well, I don't know if as, as Keith Millen tended to play Alessandra as a winger, or was that more Chris Beach's thing? Um, I mean, no, I feel like he was he was doing four four two pretty much. With Alessandro as one of the strikers uh, with, with, uh, uh, with yeah. Abraham's. But I think he only could, he only did it like once or twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, mate, two 0 It's a fantastic result for Carlisle United. It lifts us um, above Barrow in terms of table positions. We're now in ninety ah. uh, six points above the relegation zone. And uh, things are looking a lot better right now as a Carlisle United fan. And the things are going to start looking a lot better for a Carlisle United player because we're going to nominate our Foxes feature man of the matches. Now, I think I've mentioned his name a few times already. It'll be no surprise to anybody who I pick for the man of the match. And for me, it was Kelvin Meller. Absolutely solid performance at the back. He was fine going forward on a day where that's all Carlisle United needed going forward, but brilliant at the back. Um, yeah, so for me, my Foxes feature man of the match, Kelvin Meller. Will, what are you going for? Yeah, yeah I mean, with Kelvin Meller, I suppose you might think that the senior coming in and being on the bench, he's kind of, you know, he's got a bit more competition now for his uh, spot, so, you know, maybe up his game. Uh, my man of the match is someone who... Just put in a really competent performance in midfield. Uh, Bradford didn't really get a sniff of things in midfield, and um, you know you mentioned he played an he played a good through ball in the build up to in the build up to Gibson's goal. Uh, Callum Guy. Yeah. Okay. Callum Guy, mate. Um, I feel like he had one of those games where he maybe had a, a quieter role. He was very much the ball leading to the ball that made the impact. Uh, set pieces, pretty good. Most set pieces look pretty dangerous for Carlisle. And um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like he didn't, on. yeah, I feel like he didn't put in a massively noticeable performance, but then I feel like I noticed it. And, you know, I just felt like he, he put in one of those performances where he just did the simple things and did them well. And um, Bradford were having all kinds of trouble in midfield, and Callum Guy was able to just uh, alongside Corny Wheel and just sort of boss that a bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like this this week it was quite difficult, really. There's not a lot to mm. choose between people. It could have just as easily gone to uh, Gibson, Armour, Whelan. Nothing wrong with his performance on no. the day. Dickinson didn't I thought really Dickinson, do... I don't know, he put in a good performance, Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson didn't seem to do much wrong. Neither did Mellet. You know, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a game of sevens, I would say. Seven, a lot of seven out of ten performances. Yeah, and then um, across the... Official man of the match goes to Omatoi. Exactly, yeah. Omatoi got the official man of the match, even though he only played 75 minutes. But yeah, I mean, obviously proved impressive enough. And that was also voted for by Carla United fans online as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like people that are watching it and listening to it live. So obviously just one of those... Uh, um, days where everybody seems to have a pretty good game and so very little to choose between uh, who your man of the match is going to be but yeah. I've written those both down and uh, maybe one day in the future Omatoyi will win one of these Foxes feature man of the matches although yeah. at this point if you have a personal favourite it'll be a bit of a wasted vote I would say uh, just because we're halfway through the season already and some people have quite the sizeable lead at the moment um Looking at the table, mate, and then thinking about mm. Carlisle United's next league opponents, uh, Crawley are sitting up there pretty in 11th place. Um, I mean, Crawley, you know, it's Crawley. They've never really been known for being an amazing team. Um I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like they have anything more threatening on paper than what Bradford have, and so for me, can we go and win four in a row? Yeah, I, I think I'd we like can. to see that. Yeah, I'd love to I see mean, us go and win four in a row. So I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say two 0 again. Okay. Yeah, I think. Um, so Crawley, I think they are going to be a bit more tough than Bradford. Uh, they've they've won three in a row. Um, Bradford kind of uh, kind of came into it on poor form, even though they are kind of like still top half of the table or were top half of the table until yes until the other day. Um, Crawley, looking at them. They I mean, they've got a goal difference of minus four. Um, they have conceded they scored scored few or conceded many. They've they've conceded more than we have. So there's a thing that can be got at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play sort of conservatively and say one one. I'd be I'd be happy with the draw. You know, position we're in. Just all about picking up points. I'd be delighted with the win, and I think we, I think we could go there, uh, go there, have them come to us, and win. Um, they are the team that are known to be, um, you know, they'll they'll go on little good runs, and where they look like they should be challenging for promotion, and then they'll have a bad run, and sort of like look like they maybe in danger of slipping into the bottom half or further. They've only drawn four games, uh, basically won nine, drawn four, lost nine. So it's everything just seems very middle-diddle for them. Um, on the back of three wins, you know, are they going to get a fourth or are they going to do what people say they've been doing this season and right, that's it, three wins, now they're going to go on a little run of bad form. Let's hope. Yeah, man, let's hope. So you're saying one all. 
I'm saying 2-0. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, today, mate, we're, we're basically going to wrap things up, but we're going to talk about first. Um, I mean, us, the Blue Army podcast, we are on episode 50. This is our one-year anniversary. And obviously, there's a few things that I'm going to try and hope to achieve over the course of the next year. Now, I've been in discussions with a sponsor, and what a sponsor will lead towards is sort of uh, subscriptions uh, to different host services and uh, different um, editing services and different studio services and little things that can all improve the podcast. Now, one of the things that it would really help us do is to be able to have a free way pause for effect a three-way zoom call conversation ah <laughs> you dirty buggers that's right we we're thinking that it'll be a lot more fun is if the next couple of times that we've got one of these ex-pros in the studio you yourself wills or a liam denwood or or anybody in fact can come in and gag in and be able just to limitlessly uh, just, just, just have a crack and be able to sort of contribute more towards these interviews and a different point of view and somebody else to, to talk to, mate. So, I mean, obviously, what we're looking for is uh, just, just some advertised sponsors. So, if you know anybody that would be interested and has a small business that has a small amount of advertisement budget and wants to spend it on um, a local project, then you should get in touch because what we're aiming to do, mate, basically, is make adverts. And with those adverts, you can use them here on the Blue Army podcast or on your own social medias and things like that for a very small fee. And then, obviously, we'll be able to pay for things like Zoom subscriptions. And that's just the way that the world can keep on turning. Um I mean, this is my first time trying to raise some fundages like this on the Blue Army podcast. And uh, yeah, um, some of the other things that we're going to be looking forward to doing in the new year, Wills, and something that I'd really like to do is a live show. I'd love to do a live show. Um, Try and find a venue, a couple of ex-pros and... uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, would would that would that be a lot of fun? <laughs> yeah, it'd right. definitely be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely need a venue if you're having a couple of ex pros. You can't can't have them in your upstairs bedroom. <laughs> well, that's it. And we can advertise those venues as well. So like if, if you have a venue and you'd like to uh, uh get involved with us in one of these shows, definitely you know, give us a message. We've got an email. Obviously, we've got all these social medias, Instagram and Facebook. We've got an email, which is thebluearmypod at gmail.com. And you should definitely get in touch with us if you're at all interested in advertising any kind of small business with us. And obviously, the revenue will go towards getting this show better, basically. Getting this show better, giving you lot a much better experience to listen to much more entertaining content hopefully and um yeah uh, we're hoping to do things like merchandise as well that's not like ripping morty then i did a big burp into the microphone merchandise um now we're looking forward to doing some merchandise some cups some hats some hoodies we want to get something that's more 
So there's no reason my, my phone started talking to me. We want to get <laughs> something that's more um, stylish than what you might expect to find um, for your average Carlisle United fan to be able to buy at the local shop. You know, we want to hopefully mm-hmm. be able to, to come up with some designs that people would wear. Uh, a little bit more casually, perhaps. But yeah, a lot of different ideas are floating around in the hat, a lot of different ways that we can raise money for the podcast. And once this podcast gets pumping, we'll be able to reach out and help other people as well. And, mate, I'm looking forward to the future of the podcast. Like I said, live shows, we're going to get some merchandise going. We're hopefully going to get some sponsors on the books. And that means we're helping out local businesses. Local businesses are helping out us. And uh, we become a little bit more part of the community, which is really what I want out of the Blue Army podcast. And, uh, mate, I feel like that's enough from us for one week right here on the blue army podcast like i said get in contact with us if you want to interact with us in any way we've got the email address that is the blue army pod at gmail.com get in touch with us if you've got any suggestions of guests that you'd like to listen to guests that you'd like to see maybe you want to see more youtube content maybe you want to see um, I don't know, maybe you want to see less interviews and more general match crack with some of these ex-Blues, because a lot of these ex-Blues do watch the Carlisle games regularly as well, and um, yeah, just let us know what you want out of us next year as well. Obviously, I've got some goals and targets that I want to be able to achieve, and you guys can all contribute uh, with your ideas, and I'm looking forward to listening to all of those and reading all of those wills. Thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome, this Liam. Week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This week on the Blue Army podcast, it's been our one year anniversary, and here's to a stronger second year. Woo! <laughs> for now. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.